0: Hello Lava, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Foon. Coming up... We're extending the Solomon Islands International Assistance Force. The deployment of the New Zealand Defence Force personnel in the Solomon Islands has been extended for 12 months.
1: Four people that have been declared guilty of bribery...
0: All four Tongan MPs whose seats in Parliament were voided after election petitions have won stays pending appeals.
2: We see this as an opportunity really to build on our resilience and build on good habits that will help us navigate any other the that come our way.
0: Fiji's Ministry of Health is planning to use COVID-19 safety measures to protect Fiji from monkeypox. The deployment of the New Zealand Defence Force personnel in the Solomon Islands has been extended for 12 months. There are currently five Defence Force personnel in the country as part of the Solomon Islands International Assistance Force. The extension comes amidst tension between China and Australia following a recent security agreement between Honiara and Beijing. I'm now joined by Minister Nanaya Mahuta. Welcome on the show. Tell me more about the security extension.
3: These are not new arrangements. These arrangements uh, have existed uh, for a bit, and so we're extending them because we know that it can make a, a difference to the way in which Solomons uh, undertakes to build its own capability, but in draw on New Zealand's expertise. Uh, so we are extending the um, uh, the. Pacific-led, sorry, we're extending the Solomon Islands International Assistance Force arrangements and that will enable for a 12-month period a number of defence personnel uh, to be uh, deployed uh, in the area or to extend their their current deployment um, uh,
0: profile. The new partnership with the Solomon Islands, why is this significant? And, And tell me about why this is happening now. So the uh,
3: security agreement that the Solomons signed with China, uh, while a matter uh, between those two countries, uh, is an issue for the broader region uh, insofar as the potential impact on regional security, regional sovereignty. So New Zealand's uh, stated a, a view that we believe the best place to discuss the potential impact of these arrangements is at the Pacific Island Forum.
0: And so what will you be looking for and what will you be asking at the forum? Well, we want to have a,
3: a more strategic conversation around the potential of uh, agreements uh, like that and, and, uh, and its impact on regional uh, stability, regional security. But also it may well highlight uh, the nature of expectations uh, between Pacific Island neighbours around how we call on each other uh, for support in the security space. Uh, And we've uh, often responded, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Fiji and Australia, uh, to issues in relation to uh, unrest but also natural disasters. And so, again, I just say that it's an opportunity for us to have a more strategic conversation.
0: Is this also a strategy to combat the the recent discussions with China and the agreement, it's interesting that New Zealand wasn't aware that this happened until the leaked document. So, would you say that New Zealand and Australia need to provide more support to to the Solomon Islands, or are they just saying yes to the best deal on offer?
3: Oh, look, we we we're, we're saying that the issues of uh, regional security are matters for the. Uh, Pacific Island nations to discuss and the best place to do that is at the forum but also if the existing arrangements are not adequate that's again a regional conversation because there are various declarations which urge us to look to each other first uh, as close neighbours with each other's interests at heart uh, when we respond to matters of uh, a security uh, nature but also natural disasters that frequently occur uh, in our area.
0: The so Solomon Islands government is expecting official confirmation for Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Li to visit the country this week um, to formally sign that controversial security deal. There will be other visits as well to Kiribati. So I guess how are you feeling about this and what are your thoughts? There's obviously some concern regarding what this could mean. Yeah, look, there's a lot of interest
3: by major
0: powers in the Pacific Uh, That underscores how important the
3: Pacific region is, uh, but also uh, the way in which Pacific issues could uh, be brought to the fore. Climate change is the number one issue for the region. Uh, So I'm uh, mindful uh, that as uh, uh, many superpowers come into the region, no doubt they'll hear uh, the uh, concern around climate change, uh, the call uh, for greater integration of effort, or multilateral support for a response in that area but then there are compounding impacts uh, on pacific island nations as a result of covid but also pre-existing for the region such as economic indebtedness and vulnerability Uh, so i'm mindful uh, that there will be a lot of various uh, foreign ministers wanting to visit the area and they will hear no doubt those types of issues and it's important that they get those perspectives from Pacific leaders so that everyone can focus their contribution towards the Pacific, but in a way that reinforces the values of the Pacific.
0: I will be joining the Minister, well, Jacinda Ardern, I, I believe you'll, you'll be heading along as well to the Pacific Forum, is that right? Yes. Yeah, and so would you be able to give me a preview of what New Zealand will be prioritising in discussions?
3: Well, we we don't set the agenda, as you know, the Secretariat does. But if I can just kind of underscore what we believe is a really important part of a regional conversation, Uh, we've clearly stated that issues uh, in relation to the Solomon Islands arrangements with China uh, are matters that could be lifted up to a more strategic conversation around regional security and stability, and regional sovereignty and that, and that the PIF is the best place for that conversation to take place. Then there are long-standing issues uh, in relation to the impacts of climate change, maritime borders, um, uh, protecting and preserving the tuna fisheries, uh, and then there is the issue also of the Micronesian uh, states uh, who have paused their membership for this period of time. So. I, I don't have the confirmed agenda, but those are very much issues that have been in the public domain.
0: And the date is yet to be finalised, isn't it, right? Mm-mm,
3: it is. It's been pushed back for a number of reasons. Some of it COVID-related and some of it more administrative. Um, the latest date I had was pitching for somewhere around early July.
0: Thank you for joining us. We can confirm China is seeking a regional-wide deal with almost a dozen Pacific islands covering policing, security and data communications. All four Tongan MPs whose seats in Parliament were voided after election petitions have won stays pending appeals. The Quartet includes three Cabinet Ministers, the Deputy Prime Minister Te, Finance Minister Tatafu Moaki, and Sangsta Saolala, along with former Prime Minister Pohiva Tuionetoa. They lost their seats when accusations of bribery of voters ahead of last year's election was proven. Don Wiseman asked RNZ Pacific Kalafi Moala about the significance of the decisions.
1: Well, the significance is here are four people that have been declared uh, guilty of bribery, yet because of the approval of their request for a stay of judgment, they continue to be members of parliament. Three of them, of course, are cabinet ministers, uh, including the high-profile minister of finance. Uh, It means they will continue to be in parliament. They'll continue to perform their Uh, duties until there is the Court of Appeals.
4: There had been an expectation that Parliament would immediately send them packing, and that hasn't happened.
1: No, that hasn't happened. They uh, uh, kept delaying the uh, Parliament, and I guess the reason they did that was that they waited for all four to be uh, either approved or, or disapproved their request for a stay of judgment and uh, the last one came in yesterday and so all four have been approved for a stay of judgment and uh, i think uh, don they're going to announce probably later on today that there will be a parliament will open on monday the first item on the agenda of course would have to be the budget and they really want to get this approved before the 30th of june
4: what has been the reaction from the people to everything that's happened in the last uh, three or four weeks with the announcement of these election petitions and the results of them, and then the government delaying parliament sitting on two occasions.
1: The reaction has been a a very strong opposition to that uh, process. The question uh, fielded from many different corners in our community has been, it just doesn't seem to be fair. Uh we don't have uh, much of a stay of judgment and a delaying tactic. Uh, for other people that have uh, been found guilty uh, for other crimes. And yet here we have uh, members of parliament, leaders of the country, uh, cabinet ministers that have had an application of uh, seems like a delaying tactic. And it means that they will continue at least for another month or more until the uh, appeals court meets again. They'll they'll continue to operate in their positions of of, uh, power.
4: All right, if we could just talk very briefly about the budget. The Tonga economy is in turmoil for a number of reasons, but I guess primarily because of the eruption and the tsunami and then COVID. What can we expect in this budget?
1: Well, the Tonga budget, as you understand, is very much uh, dependent on uh, not only on remittances that comes in from outside the country, or should I say, not the Tongan budget, but the Tongan economy. that is. and of course, there is a, a foreign aid help that uh, that comes in for the budget. So there is no no major expectations for the budget. I think we are in a recovery mode, and for what we've been going through because of these disasters that has happened, and I think that's going to continue. There's nothing new expected of this budget.
0: Fiji's Ministry of Health is planning to use COVID-19 safety measures to protect Fiji from monkeypox. Permanent Secretary for Health Dr. James Fong says monkeypox shares a lot of similarities with COVID-19 symptoms. He says sanitizing surfaces, wearing masks and using hand sanitizer are critical to preventing the spread of monkeypox. I'm now joined by Dr. James Fong. Thank you for your time. What is your plan in protecting Fiji from monkeypox?
2: We've got the uh... Communicable Diseases Committee to sit together and come up with a number of protocols that uh, uh, look mainly at uh, uh, containment and control programs uh, at the border and in the community. Um, the main, One of the uh, main areas that will be ramped up will be our uh, oversight at the border to make sure that the passengers coming in will be part of a list that, uh, over which uh, 21-day oversight can be maintained to look for indications that might be consistent with monkeypox. Uh, beyond that, we've also had uh, discussions with uh, WHO on prepare and uh, other development partners on pre-positioning our supplies of uh, vaccines and uh, whatever medications that are uh, able to be used. We uh, have a community engagement program that will focus on uh, escalating further our current uh, COVID-19 measures that are pertinent or that are relevant to the monkeypox transmission, uh, um, uh, to what we know about how monkeypox is transmitted. So uh, that also will be happening. And uh, at the moment, uh, we're running through a number of programs to increase the knowledge and the awareness amongst our uh, primary care uh, practitioners on how to uh, pick up uh, cases of monkeypox and uh, facilitate appropriate uh, investigation.
0: This is very much a developing disease that the world is coming to terms with. Fiji's just gone through, you know, two, two to three waves of the COVID-19 pandemic, still recovering, but on the other side as tourists start to enter its borders. So what do we know about monkeypox? So
2: what I understand about monkeypox is we do know that uh, uh, a lot of the clinical features, especially in the acute phase, uh, similar to uh, upper respiratory tract infection with fever, uh, there is a phase where there are skin lesions that make it more recognizable. We understand that a lot of the transmission uh, characteristics are through in the initial phase can be some airborne uh, or can be transmitted by droplets. But then after that beyond that initial phase, there is a lot of uh, direct transmission through surface contact. So I mean, given that initial knowledge, there is a way in which we can put together a lot of our, uh, our plans to contain uh, uh, any outbreak. But I think more from uh, when you from an overview, we see this as an opportunity really to build on our resilience and build on good habits that will help us navigate uh, this type of disease and any other disease that comes our way. And so I think that this is an opportunity to be, to, to, to be part of our Build Back Better and Stronger program uh, post-COVID.
0: Have you had any reports of monkeypox at the border in Fiji?
2: Not that, uh, no, there's no report so far. Uh, they've activated the protocols to uh, to mitigate it. We don't have many travellers coming from the countries. Uh, I mean, travellers coming to stay for long. We have uh, tourists coming in, but no, uh, nobody staying very long to, for prolonged periods of time coming through, um, except for visiting friends and relatives from uh, from Australia yeah, from Australia. So at the moment, the caseload in terms of uh, our oversight is uh, still manageable. And uh, we, within that group that we are watching over, we haven't seen anything uh, significant to report.
0: And if it was found that there was a traveller with monkeypox that was brought into Fiji, would there be an isolation period or, or how would the Ministry of Health respond?
2: At the moment, uh, given what we know, um, as regards to disease severity, uh, we are working mostly on our... Uh, home uh, isolation protocols. Uh, we have known that a lot of people have become used to developing home uh, isolation and home quarantine protocols and living with it. So we are going to look at activating that as a first, uh, first measure, based on what we know currently. But uh, I know that if the disease severity does begin to increase, and we do need to, uh, there some indications that uh, vulnerable groups that need to be dealt with, that we will escalate our measures uh, accordingly.
0: With home isolation, does that only refer to locals and not international tourists?
2: It will, I mean, uh, when we're talking about wherever they are in, if they come into a facility, all our hotels will have to be... I've already put out a statement that we will need uh, all our industrial partners to escalate their in-house protocols that they use for isolation of COVID patients to be also relevant for
0: Ah, okay, that's good to know. So how long would they essentially be isolating for if someone an international tourist, was found to have monkeypox?
2: Well, uh, again, uh, I'll have to go back again and talk to the uh, teams on the specifics of the protocols that we have in place. Uh, I do know that there's an incubation period of 21 days, but uh, whether that relates, uh, incubation period relates to the time of exposure to the time that you develop symptoms, how long do you remain infective after you have uh, develop, after you've been designated as a positive person, that's something that I have to go and talk to uh, Talk to the team more about or get more details
0: about. Dr. Fong, thank you for joining us. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. far, Soy4.